Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with New York jazz trombonist, composer, arranger, Grammy nominee, and NEA master artist, Papo Vasquez. He opened up about his latest 2021 CD, Chapter 10, Breaking Cover, with the mighty pirate troubadours. And he talked about his 45-plus year career spanning jazz, Latin, and Afro-Caribbean music. Originally from Philadelphia, his young formative years were in Puerto Rico, by the age of 17, he headed to New York City, where he would record and perform with top artists in the salsa music scene. And that led to big gigs with jazz luminaries like Tito Puente, Dizzy Gillespie's United Nations Orchestra, Chico O'Farrell, Ray Charles, and so many others. He's got a great story you should hear. Enjoy. I caught wind of your new album. I listened to it. I really, there's certain instruments that really dig my fancy. I love the vibes. I love the trombone. I love those instruments that aren't like on the higher end of things that people want to go after all the time, but I always have respect for those instruments. Oh, man, thank you. The one thing I do want to talk about is, you know, with the world being in a crazy place there, that, that we're in right now, Chapter 10, Breaking Cover with the Mighty Pirate Troubadours. Talk to me a little bit about this coming out during such a time on the planet, during a pandemic and all of the things that are going on. Talk to me about the timing of this. Well, the the recording was supposed to be at the end of March 2020. Yeah. And uh, so we already have been rehearsing, you know, we, I guess we started rehearsing with January, something like that, February, January. And, uh, you know, we were rehearsing, and by, by, by the beginning of March, you know, we start, you know, I actually started scheduling the recording at the end of March. So by the end of February, we were, we were about, you know, for the first week of March, we were ready to record, you know. Then the third, the second week of March, a, 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 the president and, and all the governors of, you know, the governors of, of New York and New Jersey and, and the tri-state area, they all, they closed it. Everything shut down, so everything had to stop. It had to stop. It was disappointing, but, you know, you know, it, it, it was what it was. But uh, we had to wait, like, a, what, a, what, what, three months later? So by the end of June, by the end of June, you know, uh, they started opening up and giving uh, permission for a certain amount of people to be together. And, and, you know, like I think it was ten or twenty people who were. They were they, so that's when we took advantage of, 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 of that, that window, and, and we, uh, of course, <laughs> we were all everybody wearing their masks, their gloves, da 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 da. See, but in our city, uh, the way I record my group, I've, I've always used a recording studio called Kaleidoscope. So uh, all the instruments have always been isolated anyway, you know, because that that gives me a, a good uh, good sound on each individual uh, instrument when it comes down to doing the mix, you know. So I yeah. get, I, you know, when you put everybody together, you know, and and especially if you're not playing a lot, you know, so that 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 uh, it, it gives me it just gives me more room to 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 uh, to get everything nice and correct, you know, and get a good sound. So 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 that said. Everybody was already isolated. I was going to be isolated anyway. So everybody had the, all the all the band members on the chapter ten breaking cover had their own little room. So with the strife that we've gone through collectively, and with how trying it was to get this done, is there an extra special feeling with this release? Oh yeah, no, it it, it, it was 
key because once everything closed down, so that meant that all the gigs were gone. Everything, you know, so now everybody's everybody's supposed to be isolated in their house, very little contact with other human beings. When we did the first rehearsal, it was like something really, really special. And and, and to, to this day, we we're still we're we're still suffering this, you know, because you know we have uh, no no the concerts haven't come back, you know, we, you know it's, it's been very difficult. But at the same time, uh, I sincerely believe that it's, it's going to be a beautiful thing because the public is going to really, really, and 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 of course us the the artists are going to appreciate what we do more, you know. Live, because there's, there's nothing like live music. You can hear, you can listen to a record, you can see something on, on a video, you can watch uh, somebody do something on, on your iPhone, but there's, there's nothing, nothing compares to seeing that uh, a live performance. You're sitting at a club or uh, at a concert and watching somebody do, do this thing, you know, right in real time, that's something extremely special. And you've been at this for a while. How did the seeds of jazz get sprinkled into you? How did all this begin and take off for you? I was born in North Philadelphia, and uh, my, my beginnings as a quote-unquote professional musician, first, you know, of course, everybody starts as, as an amateur musician. That was back in 1973 in Philadelphia, North Philadelphia. My uncle, who was a guitar player, I come from a musical family, too. My, my uncle, my, my grandfather, they were all guitar players. They played uh, Puerto Rican troubadour music. So, so I, I was always surrounded by music. And, 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 uh, and I also had a large family, so I had a lot of aunts and uncles, and, and I was exposed to different generations of music, you know. Back then, and I'm, I'm talking to you in, in, in the early 70s, uh, the the most popular dance music was uh this, this Latin, you know salsa or they what they know as or was Latin music you know, dance music the popular dance music of the day was that and uh, I I snuck into into a uh, into a dance and the band that was performing was Willie Colon that led into uh, one thing led into the other <laughs> had some friends of mine that played trombone they sold, sold me a five dollar trombone. <laughs> From there, yeah. I studied. I started studying trombone in school, in, in elementary school, mind you. Of course, um, junior high school, and then uh, I auditioned for uh, my my high school was called uh, it's called Mass Bomb Technical High School, which actually I got to learn years later that Lee Morgan went to that same high school. I'm already, uh, you know, I, it was a, they they had great musical you know music programs back then, you know? and uh, so I, I had music every day. So that prepared me to play with the local band. So that's what I. So one day, uh, my 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 uncle sent the 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 player to my house around nine o'clock in the evening to ask my father permission if he if, if he could. And they needed a horn player, one of the horn players in in the group that he was playing because my my uncle was a guitar player, so he he played with, with one of the local dance bands. So they needed a horn player. He said, "Oh no, my 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 nephew plays trombone." <laughs> right? So they 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 went and got me. And in that band, to answer your question, I got to meet a gentleman by the name of Jimmy Purvis. He was the he was the he was the trumpet player. He was one of the trumpet band, and he was the one that we, I became real good friends with him. And he introduced me. I mean, I was already you know into music because I, I already had seen Willie Colon and and and, and the, the 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 hibaro music, the mountain music from Puerto Rico that my father and my grandfather they, 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 that that was their favorite music. So I was I was already and my and my younger younger uncles they went to like uh, James Brown and the popular uh, you know R and B music of that day too you know so so Jimmy Purvis we became friends the black American and he and he was one that introduced me uh, to J J Johnson and, 
John Coltrane. And I'm talking to you at the age of, what, like 14 years old, 14 or 15? So I remember going to his house, and and when I when I, when I heard JJ, it was like, you know, so it, 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 that he, he, I immediately, I uh, I understood that very clearly, but I but I also understood that to play like that, then I, that's, that that had you know I had to step up my game, and I really had to sit down and really uh, study this music, you know. Yeah. Then, then the second record was John Coltrane live with the Village Vanguard. That was that was a little that was a little <laughs> that was that took me a little a little, a little more uh, more time to understand. I, I remember putting when I first put put on that was John Coltrane live with the Village Vanguard uh, Afro Blue. I think it was Afro Blue Brasilia. It was pretty out there for me, you know. So I was like, I don't know if I understand this, but what? Since the person that gave me that record, I, you know, I, I, you know, he was my, my, my very dear friend, and he he was actually the first adult that became like my a mentor, you know. So I said, you know, I'm gonna keep on playing this record over, 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 and I, I'll never forget that. Well, one day I played it and I said, wow, I understood it. I understood it. It's amazing how the power of music, you know. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, you do come from the land of Coltrane, and I gotta wonder. Did you always dream of getting to New York and and being in a bigger environment? Well, see exactly. So the so now now I'm uh, you know uh, uh, the, the, the the first band that I performed with was, was the, that band that my uncle was part of. Then I graduated playing with some other bands, and then I, I uh, the thing is that by the time I was in, on my third year, second year high school, I'm performing with uh, you know one of the top you know local bands. Who were alternating with the New York uh, Latin band, you know, like Eddie Palmieri, Larry Harlow. That's how I got to meet the guys from New York. That's how I was able to uh, to move to New York. Of course, I, 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 what made it easier was that I, I also had an aunt, aunt and uncle who lived, you know, lived in New York City, and and that, that was uh, I used that as a springboard to, from, you know, to you know, that's how my my mother and my dad they allowed me to go to New York. Well, can I go? Can I go stay with my aunt Titi uh, Yeya? Her, her name was Yeya. So can I stay with my aunt Yeya? Yeah, okay, go ahead. You go. Ahead. <laughs> that, that 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 was the beginnings of my of my career as a, as a professional musician in New York City. How did it take off for you? You know, I'm always interested whenever cats like come into New York. Like, how was it rough in the beginning? Did you get get momentum quickly? How did it happen? Well, you know, you gotta understand that you know I'm I'm a young I'm a young kid. <clears throat> I'm what like uh, was it 18 years old? So you 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 know I was a very very shy guy. You know, to this to this day, every time I I run into one of those guys that that was that was part of the one of because uh, like, my uh, my first gig in New York was with, with Chocolata Mentero, and I, I remember Oscar Hernandez he auditioned me for that band, and uh, from there I went to Larry Harlow. But I I would always ask those guys, you know, I mean, my my I'm always curious. Like, hey, did I play that well that you guys allowed me to play with you with you guys? You know, because because for, for us in in Philadelphia, that you know, to alternate with Eddie Palmieri or uh, Larry Harlow, the, the New York band, that was like a big thing, you know. And they say, yeah, you know, you play really good. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, things have worked out. You you've got a Grammy nomination. You're an NEA artist. Lots of things that ha have happened over your career. I don't want to know what your favorite award or recognition was, but what threw you for a loop? What did you not expect that you got? Actually, the the NEA uh, uh, Master Artist Award that one that one was was was, was pretty special, and and also the Grammy nomination is a 
uh, I, I, that to me was a special one too because that was I, I was nominated for uh, my uh, a, a seventeen piece uh, Afro Puerto Rican jazz orchestra and and all the compositions you know were, 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 they were all my compositions and arrangements you know and, uh, and it was produced by me and a very good friend of mine his name is Jesse Bermudez and the Painted Bride in Philly that that came out of nowhere we because first of all we, we you know we did. We 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 had we were able to get enough money to record the concert live, and that was it. You know, you have enough money. I mean, that itself was a big feat. You know, just to get enough money to record this live with an 18-piece orchestra and bring them down to Philly from New York. That was the whole thing. And uh, so you don't have enough, you don't have more, any more money for any more any type of publicity. You know, like try to. And uh, we got nominated for a Grammy. That was that was something pretty big. And uh, NEA. Uh, a Master Artist Award that 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 uh, came after uh, I created this thing called uh, uh, it was a multicultural thing that I that I that I composed or put together. It's called the Oasis Project, and I did that at, at Pregones Theater. With, that was with a 27, 28 piece orchestra with, with strings and and woodwinds, and uh, I, I even had a pirate actor. Had a ballerina. I even I, I we went, that was that was actually that was in, in 2010, and we had a we had a, we had, we even had uh, did I mention the belly dancers? <laughs> yeah. It was it was pretty out there. I had my nephew who was a is a was a great artist painting at the same. It was it, it was it was pretty wild. It, it was so out there that I that I uh, I wanted it to be like a, a, a like a virtual experience, you know. So I wanted I wanted the theater to smell like coconut. <laughs> the, the, the creators at, at Pregona they said, well, I think that's a little bit too much. So so what we what I did was I went and bought uh, everybody in the audience uh, what we call mantecaditos. Those are coconut uh, ices. But so I, so I had my niece outside with a big chef hat handing out free ice cream in, in the intermission. It was it was it, it was it, that was that was. That was that was that was that was that was a special one. Then the year after that, they, they that's when they they gave me that uh, uh, NEA uh, Master Artist Award. I mean, all the other awards, you know, the New York Latino Award in, in 1979. I didn't expect that neither. And uh, you know, the, the Philadelphia Festival of Jazz and Performing Arts, Best Trombone, all, all kinds of stuff, man. So all these things, are, are, I'm extremely grateful. You know, a citation from the state of New York. You know, rec recognized by the by the by the city of Philadelphia, it's a jazz month. Uh, one of the uh, honorees for that for that April jazz month in Philly, I think about two two or two three two three years ago, and I was actually on the list with uh, with McCoy Tyner. That to me was pretty big too, you know. So it's it's been been many blessings. You've been around luminaries like Tito Puente and Chico Farrell, Ray Charles. The list goes on and on. What did you learn from the legends? in jazz that in turn has helped you teach younger players that you're around i would say that you learn from performing with with those with those great great master musicians is that uh what we do is something extremely serious so why do you love jazz the, the beautiful thing about this style of music is that what we practice is the art of improvisation you know that's that's what that's that's the beauty of, of this music so you, you want to call it jazz or whatever you want to call it but what we actually practice is the art of improvisation. And that's what makes it extremely interesting. You know, uh, you can go see, uh, you know, the, the the practitioners of this art. You know, like for example, you could 
of course he's not around no more, but you know, you, imagine going to see Dexter Gordon, you know. You can see him five nights in a row and every night is gonna be a whole different show, you know? That is yeah. amazing. We've obviously gone through a pretty hardcore year with with this pandemic. How do you think the world of maybe not just jazz but improvised music, how do you think you're going to emerge stronger out of this? What 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 do you think will happen with the musician that will make them stronger and therefore the community stronger? I don't even know how to answer that question. Uh, all, all I know in, in my case is uh, uh, this is like uh, uh, during this whole time, I, 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 it, it, it's resonated in my in my subconscious mind. Something that slide one of my mentors, who actually was one of my you know trombone mentors and teachers, uh, he said that uh, every time he you know he he has some time off, it gives him. You know, he 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 he, uh, he takes advantage of that of that time to to get to better yourself, to, to practice and to study. Because see, that's the beauty of like I said before of of of, of, of this art. It's, it's an improvisational art, so it's like you, you could uh, you always there's always it's it's an infinite amount of, of of variations and things that you could practice and, and do and and you know. And, so, so you. So that's why. It's, that's why it's so beautiful. Because it's like you never. It's like you always got something to do. You always got something to practice. Something to, to, to better. You know. When we do return to music, when things open up more, and you're back on the stage, and the we're back in the crowd, what do you hope we realize about the power of live music after all this time away? How how uh, how unique what we do is unique. This is a a, a very special type of. Of music that we that, that we have that we have here in the United States that you know because this, this this is a this is an art form created here in the United States this is an American art form you know like my my own my music you know the Afro Puerto Rican jazz thing this is this is all our indigenous art form from 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 here and how how unique it is and how beautiful it is you know there's there's a lot there's a lot of music that's repetitive you know but when you're talking about something that's being spontaneously created in front of your eyes, that's something, you know, we, we are extremely lucky that we're able to, to experience this kind of stuff. I would say it's probably the closest thing to magic. I agree, man. So my final question to you is this. It gets to the essence of you. Everyone has their idea of who they think you are, their perception of you, your family, your friends, your fans, that you're the one that's living your life. Who do you think you are? I'm just I'm just a regular guy, man. I'm just a, a regular guy that likes to watch uh, TV and <laughs> just you know practice my instrument and just a regular guy. Just 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 a regular guy and just here to be a service, you know. But but Joe, before we go, let me mention the the, the new CD, uh, Chapter Ten, Breaking Cover. It's available on my on my website on www.popovasquez.com, P-A-P-O-V-A-Z-Q-U-E-Z.com. If you don't mind, I would like to mention some of the guys in the, on this record. Of course, it's me, Papo Vasquez on trombone, Ivan Renta on tenor saxophone, that's soprano sax, Rick Germison on piano, Ariel Robles on bass, Alvesti Garnet on drums, Carlos Maldonado on uh, percussion, Fernando de Jesus on percussion, and my invited guest, special invited guest on this record is Jose Manguad Jr. Me and him, we were we were actually members with with the uh, Hector Lavo and Willie Colombo way back then, way back 
in the day. And, uh, of course, the Sherman Irby on Oscar Saxophone is my invited guest, Desron Douglas on one track. My cousin, Antonio Caraballo, a guitar on the track number six, and uh, Antoine Dryan on track number nine. And uh, we'll appreciate uh, any support from everybody. Thank you so much. And thank you so yeah. much for inviting Neon yeah. Jazz in Kansas City, Joe. Thank you. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview where we give you a bit of insight into the finest cats in Philadelphia, New York City, Kansas City, and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Papo for his time, music, and story. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com and for everything Neon Jazz all the time, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.